0: Is good news. Thank you, choir. That was fantastic. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Grace and peace to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Welcome to Confirmation Sunday. This is one of the most exciting Sundays in the entire year for me. I I just can't say enough about it. I mean, if our job as a church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world, then there are very few things that we do in the church that are more important than confirmation. And so... I'm really glad uh, to see not only our confirmation class and all their families, but especially all of those members of the church who've come here to worship God and to be the church that, they, that these confirmants join. You have an important role to play in today's service as well. So thank you for being here. Our scripture today comes from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 16, verse 13. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Almighty and everlasting God, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the word made flesh. We thank you for Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. May we not only hear the word, but proclaim the word in the way that we live our lives. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Who do people say the Son of Man is? Son of Man is Jesus' favorite way of referring to himself. So he's asking the disciples, you know, what's the buzz? What's the latest gossip? What are people saying about me? Come on, spill the tea. And uh, it's hard to tell if this is a real question or just the setup for the lesson that he's about to give them. Now, it could very well be a real question. I know how hard it is to get, you know, good feedback week in and week out. I I ask people what they think about my sermons, and uh, most of the time people tell me, oh, they're great, they're great. And then the, the ones who don't think so are just too nice to tell me otherwise, which I appreciate I'm not saying people should start complaining more, but I think I understand where Jesus is coming from when he's trying to get a little feedback. Or maybe Jesus is just asking this to make a point. Who do people say that I am? Well, now let's see, Jesus. uh, Some say you're John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. um, Some say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. So he said to them, Well, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And with this, Jesus gives Peter a high five or a fist bump or maybe even a chest bump. And he says, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. How would you respond if you were asked that question? Who do people say Jesus is today? How do people react to Jesus? Some still look at Jesus as one of the prophets. He's a great moral teacher, someone that we need to study like Socrates or Plato, Benjamin Franklin, Gandhi, Uh, We like to hear what he says, especially when it's something, you know, shareable, inspirational, something we can put on uh, Instagram or, or hang on our wall at home. But when you treat Jesus as a great teacher, which he was, and a lot of people see him that way, you can kind of pick and choose what's helpful to you. You can take his words and make them fit your personal agenda, whether that's, making them be all about loving your neighbor or loving your enemies. Whether it's about making Jesus pro-government or anti-government, or you can guilt people into giving money or whatever. You get to pick because Jesus says a lot in the Gospels. And this is tempting for me. I know there's stuff that Jesus says that I really like to kind of hone in on. And then there's some other things that I just wish he hadn't said at all. Some people today still treat Jesus like John the Baptist, like this radical, you know, who's willing to rock the boat and shake things up a bit. You know, kind of like Martin Luther King. And yes, Jesus was a social activist, challenging the authority of the religious leaders in the Roman Empire. Like John the Baptist and Dr. King, he eventually gets killed for stirring up too much trouble. But that, too, is an incomplete answer. Did y'all catch... The real problem that the disciples have in trying to compare Jesus to somebody else, the real problem is all those other people are dead. Jesus, on the other hand, is alive. Unfortunately, we often treat him as if he's dead too, as if he's some distant historical figure from the past. So who do people say Jesus is? There's a new Netflix show from the creator of Orange is the New Black about Jesus as an American teenager. Haven't seen it. Uh, Maybe you have. I've read some of the criticism about it. Some people are getting really angry about the idea of trying to show Jesus as a real person. Again, I haven't seen it. And I can see all kinds of ways that a TV show about a teenage Jesus living in 21st century America is a really bad idea. But I also think it can be kind of fascinating. After all, it's just meant to be fiction. But Jesus is real. He is real. And even though God becoming a person and living among us is at the very center of our faith, I don't think we spend enough time thinking about Jesus as a real living human being. If we did, it would stretch our minds to into understanding who Jesus really is. After the disciples give a few suggestions about what they're hearing from the word on the street, Jesus gets to the more important question. He gives the disciples a pop quiz. He says, who do you say that I am? That's the question we're dealing with today. Now remember, the disciples, they should already know the answer to this question. They just saw Jesus walking on the water just two chapters ago. And you'll remember after he gets into the boat and the storm ceases, it says those in the boat worshipped him and said, truly, you are the Son of God. So this is not a trick question that he's asking the disciples. This is a review. He wants them to confirm what they already know. It is, however, probably the most important question in all of the Bible. Who do you say that I am? What do you believe about Jesus? Imagine Jesus asking you that question. I suspect each one of us would have a little bit different answer. It's a surprisingly tough question. There's the churchy answer, of course, the one that we say in the Apostles' Creed, I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, etc., cetera, Jesus is the second member of the Trinity, true light from light, true God from God, God made flesh. All that's good and important, but what, what do we mean by all of that? How do we experience the living God? What is our witness to the world about Jesus? I think it's worth thinking about this week, especially how you might answer it in a way that might be relevant to people outside the church, you know, without using churchy code words. What does the way we live say about who Jesus is? What about the way we talk? The way we spend our time? The way we spend our money? Well, as you know, today is Confirmation Sunday, a day that's part of a long Methodist tradition. It's a day filled with much honor and maybe a little apprehension. Our confirmation class this year didn't simply learn Christian theology. Instead, we taught them how to think theologically, even if they didn't know that's what we were teaching them. Uh, Our our 1115 service, as you see, is is packed full of parents and grandparents, brothers and sisters, who in a few minutes are all going to be straining to hear their child's unique voice as they affirm their baptism and hear their answer to that question, who do you say that I am? People have always had lots to say about Jesus. Some recognized his power and imagined him as the one sent to rescue Israel from their Roman oppressors. Some today imagine Jesus as the one who's going to solve all of life's problems, like the great spiritual Tylenol that's going to take care of it, of everything. Some look at Jesus and see one who heals. You know, we look around and see TV evangelists marketing Jesus from our TV sets, dispensing healing and miracles in direct proportion to the amount of money that we send the preacher. And some see Jesus as the Mr. Fix-It of the spiritual world, dashing about, sanitizing lives, removing pain, suffering, and hardship. If only we would pray a little harder. And some see Jesus as the answer person, waiting for the right word to apply to anything that's uncomfortable you do a Google search on the internet for the word Jesus, you'll get over a billion answers. A billion. God gives us different words. Our class was asked to read the Gospel of Luke this year. Those that finished the book learned that the story of Jesus is one of suffering and death. Not too long ago on Good Friday, we were all invited to come to church and read the story of Jesus' death. It's a story of failure, a story of weakness, a story of suffering and pain. It's a story of one who died for the unlovely and the unlovable, one whose body was pierced for you and for me. But Jesus didn't stop there. To the cross, he adds resurrection. To failure, he adds hope. The message that we heard at our baptism, that you are my chosen, you are my beloved. You are my child. God's words for us today are words of hope and victory in the midst of failure and weakness and struggle. We are loved no matter what. No matter what. We will never be forsaken. Yes, today is a day of words. The confirmands will come forward and they'll speak words of commitment and affirmation, hope and celebration. We as parents and grandparents and godparents and relatives and friends will mouth the words along with them as people who made our own commitments long, long ago. Today we remember the words spoken at our own baptisms. That day that someone spoke up for you, making promises to bring you to that day where you could speak the words of commitment for yourself. Words that will help you live as God's people in the future. You remember those words? We do it every time somebody gets baptized. We say that we are gonna proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ, that we will surround these people with a community of love and forgiveness, that we will help them grow in their trust of God, to be faithful in their service to the world, and that we will pray for them so that we all might be true disciples who walk in the way that leads to life. Those words are a tall order, right? They're promises which go beyond the ability of any of us in order to be able to fulfill on our own. We can't do it. We have to have others with us. They're proud promises, don't get me wrong. Yet promises that we as adults know, looking back on our own confirmation day, they're just hard to keep. Promises like those of Peter who said, I'll never deny you Jesus, and then he denies him three times in the next 24 hours, right? Or words like those of James and John who said, let us sit on your right and your left, Jesus, not knowing what they were talking about. Yeah, Jesus speaks words back to us today too. For God's victory is not seen in power or wealth or good looks. God's victory comes in spite of and even in the midst of failure and pain and suffering. Ain't of that good news for the confirmation class and for the rest of us That Jesus will build his church upon people who don't have it all together. People like Peter who make brave promises that he couldn't keep. People like you and me who have great intentions and we just can't seem to always follow through. These are words for adults who try and try and struggle and fail. For us as parents and friends who hear the promises made today, knowing just how difficult they are, words for young people making promises today with little idea of what the future is going to bring them, words for all of us today as we search for the right words to speak our truth. But Jesus' words for today are that you are loved, you are forgiven, you are accepted no matter what. And so today we stand together looking into the future. Some of us might be remembering our own confirmation and see how the future has unfolded, you know, up till now. But we also stand looking into the future, reminded of our identity as the children of God. We live in the assurance of the power of the Holy Spirit, which can give us power to live with confidence in the midst of all the uncertainties and anxieties of life. We know that we're connected and we are forgiven and that's enough. Who do you say that I am, Jesus asks. Who do you say that I am? I'm pretty sure Jesus is not asking who do you say that I am because he's having some sort of identity crisis himself. I don't think he's confused about who he is. He's trying to get the disciples to think about who he is. Why are you giving up everything to follow me? Who is Jesus for you? Why in the world would you give up a perfectly good Sunday morning to come to church and worship him? And of course, it's Simon Peter who answers the question, right? He always seems to be the one ready to speak up. You know, Matthew doesn't tell us, you know, the rest of the story. If there was an awkward moment when Jesus asked the question that where no one wanted to answer, You know, he doesn't tell us if they all look down at their feet, you know, hoping somebody else would speak up. You know, like whenever I ask somebody, who wants to close us in prayer? And everybody goes, you know. Um, Or maybe they all raised their hands. You know, maybe they all knew the answer. You know, and they're like, oh, Jesus, Jesus, pick me, pick me, pick me. And Peter just blurted it out before Jesus could pick another disciple. I don't know. Usually Peter's eagerness gets him into trouble. Like with that whole walking on water thing. But I like Peter. He's willing to take chances and try stuff without knowing exactly what's going to happen. And this time when he jumps in, he gets it exactly right. He says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. We know he gets it right because Jesus tells us he gets it right. He gives him an A on the pop quiz. And not only that, Jesus says, from now on, you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. There's actually a joke in there that loses something in the English translation. See, in Greek, the word petros means rock, and it's, it's not something that, you know, you would, you would call a, another person by name. It'd be kind of like me saying to somebody, you know, you have a really colorful personality, so from now on, I'm going to call you crayon. You know, that's what it's like. Um, Peter has the correct answer. You are the Messiah, the son of the living God. But he doesn't have any idea what that means. Nevertheless, it's the confirmation that the church is built on. The confirmation that is strong enough to prevail against the gates of hell. The foundation of the church is not built on how holy or sacred Peter is. It's not based on the fact that he's got more faith than anybody else. The foundation of the church is built on Peter's witness, his declaration, his experience of Jesus as his Lord and as his Savior. That's why we're here today. Of course, both as people and as a church, we're pretty good at forgetting the simple declaration of who Jesus is. And we make it more complicated You try to make Jesus into something that he's not and and try to use that for our own purposes. But Jesus is the Messiah, the son of the living God. That's our message. So as we all move into the summer and then you get ready for another school year, we need to remember that the church is not built on John and Charles Wesley or Martin Luther or Billy Graham or Elijah or John the Baptist. The church is not even founded on Peter. The church is founded on Jesus Christ, who is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. For Peter, the answer to Jesus' question, who do you say that I am? That was his confirmation moment. He confirmed that Jesus was indeed the Messiah, the Son of the living God. But that wasn't the end of the story. In fact, it was really more the beginning of the story, because From there on out, he lived it out. He continued to live his life in such a way that all people would know that he believed Jesus was his Lord and his Savior. So as our confirmation class comes to a close, and it's been a great spring, y'all, I hope all our young people will use this moment as a springboard into a lifetime of discipleship. That if you believe Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God, May it show in the life you lead. In the way you think, in the way you talk, in the way you act, in the way you walk, in how you spend and how you share, in what you watch and how you care. In what you give and what you receive, and how you live and what you believe. No matter what you do with others or alone, let this be your focus. That Jesus is the one, he is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. May this confirmation inspire and transform you into living a God-filled life. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Will you pray with me? Gracious, loving God. You came to us as the word made flesh. You came to us in Jesus, the Messiah, the son of the living God. May that be on our lips and on our hearts, on the way we live, the way we show our lives to others. Lord, may we always be faithful and courageous and bold to proclaim Jesus as the one in whose name we pray, amen. Our service continues with a service of baptism and confirmation, and so I invite you to turn to the insert in your bulletin, and I'm gonna invite our director of uh, youth and children, Christina Norville, and she'll come forward to lead us through the next part of our service.
1: Brothers and sisters in Christ, through confirmation and through the reaffirmation of our faith, we renew the covenant declared at our baptism, acknowledge what God is doing for us, and affirm our commitment to Christ's holy church. As I read your name, please stand and remain standing. I present L. Marie Harmon, Sarah Neil McIntyre, Lauren Amelia Nolan, Leah Abigail Nolan, Amelia Paige Owens, Brayden Patrick Quinn, Ethan Alexander Quinn, Joshua Camden Quinn, Evelyn Grace Smith for baptism. I present Meredith Walker Bath, Samuel David Carson III, Anna Caroline Edwards, Jack Tyler Ford, Elizabeth Rhodes Gould, Sarah Gina Halick, L. Marie Harmon, Charles Dixon Kilborn, Lauren Elizabeth McGinnis, Eva Lynn McGarry, Sarah Neil McIntyre, Mason Riley Morgan, Caroline Faye Morrison. Lauren Amelia Nolan, Leah Abigail Nolan, Chloe Catherine Norville, Amelia Paige Owens, Braden Patrick Quinn, Ethan Alexander Quinn, Joshua Camden Quinn, Evelyn Grace Smith, William Ward Tam, Beau Lewis Toops. Lothar Graham, Whitehead IV for confirmation.
0: Confirmation class,
1: on behalf of the whole church, I ask
0: you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? If so, your answer is, I do. Do you accept the freedom and power that God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? Do you? And do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in His grace, and promise to serve Him as your Lord, in union with the church, which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? Do you? According to the grace given to you, will you remain a faithful member of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representatives in the world? Will you?
2: Do you as Christ's body, the church, reaffirm your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ? If so, say we do. We do. Will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and life and include these confirmands now before you in your care? With God's help, we will proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ. We will surround these people with a community of love and forgiveness that they may grow in their trust of God and be found faithful in their service to others. We will pray for them, that they may be true disciples who walk in the way that leads to life.
1: As I call your name, please come forward with your parents and your siblings. I
0: want to say one thing about the water real quick, Christina. Um, our, Our water today is is a little bit different than normal. Um, It comes from um, the waters that were um, put together at the confirmation retreat at Lake Junaluska up in western North Carolina. Every confirmation group that was there, and there were people from all over the southeast, from Virginia and Tennessee, Mississippi, South Carolina, and the rest, all brought waters from their place. So we, of course, took water from the ocean. Right. And we we went up to Lake Junaluska and we mixed all that water together. And as these people are getting baptized today, they will not only be baptized from waters that are here, but baptized from waters from churches and places all over the south, reminding us that we are part of Christ's universal church and not only members of Wrightsville United Methodist Church. We have several that have not been baptized and are being baptized this morning for the first time. And then there will be others who are confirming their baptism, where their baptism took place earlier in their life.
1: L. Marie Harmon.
0: El Marie, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If y'all will lay hands on her as well. El Marie, may the Holy Spirit work within you that being born through water in the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. You may stand.
1: Sarah Neal McIntyre.
0: Sarah Neal, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you'll lay hands on her as well. Sarah Neal, may the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born through water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ.
2: Amen.
1: Lauren Amelia Nolan and Leah Abigail Nolan.
0: Lauren, Amelia, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Leah, Abigail, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us lay hands on your daughters. Leah and Lauren, may the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born through water and the Spirit, you may be faithful disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: Amelia Page Owens.
0: Amelia Page, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You'll lay hands on her. Amelia Page, may the Holy Spirit work within you that being born through water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: Brayden Patrick Quinn, Ethan Alexander Quinn, and Joshua Camden Quinn.
0: This may be a first in rightsful United Methodist history, but we baptize triplets. Oh my gosh, i got to get you all in the right order. Okay. Ethan, Joshua, brave. Okay, good. <laughs>
1: okay.
0: Ethan Alexander, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Joshua Camden, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Did I get that right? Good, Okay. <laughs> Braden. Braden Patrick, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If y'all lay hands on your sons. <laughs> Braden, Ethan, and Joshua, may the Holy Spirit work within you that being born through water in the Spirit, you may be faithful disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen. Ethan got baptized about seven times
1: in that. <laughs> Evelyn Grace Smith.
0: <laughs> Evelyn Grace, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You'll lay hands on her. Evelyn Grace, may the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born through water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
1: Meredith Walker Bath.
0: Meredith, remember your baptism and be thankful. Y'all will lay hands on her? Meredith Walker, may the Holy Spirit work within you. That being born through water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: Samuel David Carson II.
0: Sam, remember your baptism and be thankful lay hands on it. Samuel, David, may the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born through water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: Anna Caroline Edwards.
0: Anna, remember your baptism and be thankful. Anna Caroline, may the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born through water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: Jack Tyler Ford.
0: Jack, remember your baptism and be thankful. hands on Jack. Jack Tyler, may the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born through water in the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: Elizabeth Rhodes Gould.
0: Rhodes, remember your baptism and be thankful. Elizabeth Rhodes, may the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born through water in the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: Sarah Gina Halick.
0: Sarah, remember your baptism and be thankful. Sarah, Gina, may the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born through water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: Charles Dixon Kilborn,
0: Charlie, remember your baptism and be thankful. Charles Dixon, may the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born through water in the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: Lauren Elizabeth McGinnis.
0: Molly, <laughs> remember your baptism and be thankful. Lord Elizabeth, may the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born through water in the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: Eva Lynn McGarry.
0: Eva, remember your baptism and be thankful. Evil end, may the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born through water in the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: Mason Riley Morgan.
0: Mason, remember your baptism and be thankful. Mason Riley, may the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born through water in the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: Caroline Faye Morrison.
0: Caroline, remember your baptism and be thankful. Caroline Faye, may the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born through water in the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: Chloe Catherine Norville.
0: Remember your baptism and be thankful. Chloe Catherine, may the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born through water in the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: William Ward Tam.
0: Remember your baptism and be thankful. <laughs> William Ward, may the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born through water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: Bo Lewis Toops.
0: Bo, remember your baptism and be thankful. Bo Lewis, remember your <laughs> Bo Lewis, may the Holy Spirit work within you. That being born through water in the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: Lothar Graham Whitehead the Fourth.
0: Graham, remember your baptism and be thankful. <laughs> Lothar Graham, may the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born through water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. We need to bring him right back. All right, we're going to invite the confirmation class to come back in. Let's congratulate our class on the promises that they've made today. Many of you have been coming to church your, for many years, some of you your entire life. Um, but in this profession of faith, in this confirmation of your beliefs, you've become a full member of the church. Not only Christ Universal Church, but you're about to answer a couple of questions to become full members of the United Methodist Church, and specifically here at Wrightsville United Methodist Church. And so I ask you, as members of Christ Universal Church, Will you be loyal to Christ through the United Methodist Church and do all in your power to strengthen its ministries? If so, your answer is, I will. I will. As members of this congregation at Rightsful United Methodist, will you faithfully participate in its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? If so, your answer is, I will.
2: I will. And everyone here gets a chance to reaffirm your commitment to Christ, to remember your baptism or confession, Confirmation. And so members of the household of God, I commend these confirmands to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase their faith, to confirm their hope, and to perfect them in love.
0: We, we give thanks for all that God has already given, given you, you. And,
2: and we welcome you in Christian love.
1: As members together, together with you in the body of Christ,
2: and in this congregation of the United Methodist, United Methodist Church, we renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness, that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. And may the God of all grace, who has called us to eternal glory in Christ, establish you and strengthen you by the power of the Holy Spirit, so that you may live in grace and peace. Amen.
0: Let us continue to affirm our faith by singing our closing hymn. It's number 399, Take My Life and Let It Be. Let us stand and sing together.